Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another week of All Things Reconsidered. I am Brandon. This is Joey. What's up? And here we are back in the room. You can see us again. Yes. Um, Mistakes were made. (laughs) Mistakes were made. By some of the people sitting in the room. What, you're talking about the the episode with with Pastor Cole? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, that, that one's old news now, though. Yeah. We had another episode before this one. Oh, I know. I just wanted to bring it back up. Oh, well, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. But good news. Uh, thanks to the um, wonderful support uh, of our viewers and listeners and primarily our wonderful patrons, we have been able to finally do something I never thought would happen. We have bought actual cameras yeah. that aren't our phones. Yeah, it's great. It's incredible. I can, like, check my phone to, like, you know, make sure that we're staying on time and different things yeah. like that. we could be like Perry Stone speaking in tongues while still texting people on our phones. It's perfect. Listen. Did you? <laughs> I saw the video, Joey. <laughs> Did you know that Stephen Colbert covered it? Yeah. No. Yeah, it, when that happened. I saw uh, Kev on stage made a video about it. That was hilarious. Who did? Uh, Kev on stage. Oh, He's okay. a comedian. And it was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, so funny. Of course, you know, Paris Owen responded and he's like, you know, it's a terrible situation, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's fine. Put the microphone down. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, just it, put the if you need to, like, respond to something, just just stop praying for a minute. Yeah. Like, I, I 100% have, <laughs> you know, looked at my phone when in a corporate prayer setting. Yeah. It's not a problem. Just put the microphone down. Yeah, exactly. No, that anyway. was that was really funny, but it yeah. should have been a red flag because um, Perry Stone ends up having a lot worse problems than that going yeah. on. Um, but uh, I've kind of talked about that already on TikTok to death. So if you want to know the Perry go check out his TikTok. Yeah, if you want to know the Perry Stone story, just go on my TikTok. Uh, I don't feel like talking about it. Yeah, don't blame you. <laughs> because uh, it's just another pastor being horrible. Yeah, it's like it's like at this point it, it's me. So. I do want to address this now. Me and Joey have talked about talking about this, and I told him a couple weeks ago, the reason I don't want to is because this podcast started as a way that we can reevaluate the things that we believe and kind of have those conversations like in open air over the internet. And I'm tired of talking about freaking pastors failing. Like, Yeah, yeah. It, like it, it is happening weekly at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, of course, we'll do another episode. We we talked about it um, when we covered Mark Drist- Mark Driscoll and the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Yeah, um, and I'm sure we'll cover it again because I have more thoughts about you know how we can prevent that. Yeah, but man, I don't want this to be a podcast where it's like watchdog of like look at all these moral failings of people in the church. Like, I want to be like, hey, God's good though. Like, yeah, yeah I, we want to talk more about theology right. than just than just social things. Right. I mean, social things are important, but like, I, I feel like something that we can do that maybe some other channels aren't doing as much is get into big more detail about things like, you know, atonement, right. soteriology, right. pneumatology, right. Complementarianism and egalitarianism. Yeah. Anything that's a, that's a word with more than four syllables. We want to be on got it. We want to be on that. We've got it. <laughs> but, but it's true. If we talked about every pastor who got caught abusing people, it would be the whole show. Right. Same thing. If we talked uh, now, it, it, it's important that the, that there's justice and the church needs to stand up and demand justice. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I'm just simply saying, some of that is more going to be on my on, on our TikTok. Yeah, more um, short form stuff like that we can like touch on. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like if we podcast. spent it's like if we talk about every time a new celebrity or pastor trash deconstruction, right? Like how John Cooper John Cooper just did that. It's like, how he's like goes on Fox News like talking about Joe Rogan having mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson on and talking about like the vaccine and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, 
this is America. Everyone should have the right, you know, like I should have the right to believe what I believe. You have the right to believe what you want to believe. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. And then he's at a concert and he declares war against deconstructing Christians. Because yeah. yeah. That's we, what we do is we declare war against other people of our faith. Now, and then we get mad when people want to cancel our side. Right. Yeah. Now, cancel culture. He would say that we aren't brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah. That, that pissed me off because we don't, believe the exact same way. Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. That is the most unchristlike part of his entire spiel. Right. Is when he said that he would refuse to call people who have different theology than him but are, but are still lovers of Jesus. Right. Refuse to call them brothers. I was like that right there is the most antichrist part of this whole thing. Yeah. That and just the the verbiage of we're going to declare war. It's like more of this obsession that the American church has with military and might and war and death. They they worship military. Right. They they, they are obsessed with warfare. It, it's just John, if you're listening, feel free to uh, reach out, <laughs> come on the show. I love how we just got done saying that our podcast is not going to just be about these these yeah. people and or talk about it for a few minutes. Tim Whitaker has been try- uh, Tim Whitaker from the New Evangelicals has been trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> uh, reach out to him. Um, that's the, one of the things that I love about Tim from the New Evangelicals. If you don't follow him or his podcast, you need to be doing that. Do so. Um, he is great about having people on who he doesn't agree with and having good faith conversations with them. That's cool. Even if they aren't really giving that good faith back, he does his best to fight back into, we're going to have a good faith conversation, which I genuinely appreciate. I think everybody should be listening to it. So shout out New Evangelicals podcast. We had him on early on in the days of the podcast. So go back and listen to it if you don't know who that is. And moving on to our show, now that we got done talking about everything that we're not going to do in this episode. Right. <laughs> uh, Brandon. Joey. Do you know what tomorrow is? Uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Mm, that's incorrect. Nope. <laughs> you did that earlier. You set me up for this. <laughs> I did. Wrong. Tomorrow <laughs> is the superb owl. Yes. Because we can't legally say the name of the game. What? It's copyright and trademarked. Oh, I yep. don't, I don't believe that. But that's why any superb owl party can't be called a large eating dish party. I don't believe any of the words that you were saying, Joe. I swear to God. <laughs> now again, I, I highly doubt that you know the NFL would bring litigation against <laughs> yeah, just for saying the word Super Bowl. Moving on, is the Super Bowl tomorrow? And well. Every time we get to Super Bowl, my mind immediately goes to one thing. Food. No, that's the second thing. The first thing it goes to is prophecy. Ooh. Because the Super Bowl is always a time for the prophets to shine. It is always oh, yeah. their moment. And for some reason, God loves to speak to America through the superb The food I suddenly turned into a Muppet there for a minute. Sorry. I do want to say something through football. Quick before we get too far into this. Oh, okay, okay. One of my most favorite pages on Reddit <laughs> mm. is the Superb Owl Reddit. Mm, yeah. Because it's, just it's, it's Super Bowl, but they legit like hijacked the Super Bowl term <laughs> to be Superb Owl because there's no spaces in Reddit pages. Yeah. So Superb Owl, and it's just a bunch of owl pictures. I love it. I love it. But anyway, the prophets, uh, they, 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 they always, they always uh, bring a word from God about America every time there's a Super Bowl. And it, it usually goes 
two ways, okay? Right. First, they look at the names of the teams and the mascots and the locations, and they try to feel that out. Like, is anything, you know, calling my name from this? Like, right. For instance, Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. When they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that was the release of the prophetic Chiefs. I, lo- I saw that. Yeah. Pe- pro- and it would be a prophets. sign of mm-hmm. end-time revival. Yes. It, because, it, it, yeah. So so they look at the team names, they look at the mascots, and they're like, what can we get from this? Yep. And I'm, bet, I'm betting it's a lot easier when it's like a ferocious animal, like a Bengal oh, yeah. tiger. Oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine if the Miami like Dolphins dolph- got in? They'd, Dude, what do you do with dolphins? You know? Listen, I'm not big on Super Bowl prophecy. Okay? <laughs> I will say, though, if the Detroit Lions mm. ever got into the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. These people would have a field day. One, it's a lion. Two, the lions are absolute trash. And if you listen to the show and you are a lions fan, you know that's true. Yeah. Well, it would be amazing. And the lion of Judah from <laughs> Detroit, apparently. Oh my god, <laughs> Joe! Oh! What is happening, Joey? Did I just say something important, Joey? I just said something important. Oh, well, oh say my it again. god, Joey! What? what? What's happening, Joey? <laughs> I just got this year's prophetic word for the Super Bowl. Oh, tell us. Okay. Um, I don't know if any of you guys follow football. <laughs> but Matthew Stafford. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is he a football man? He's a football man. Okay. He is the quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, is he? Who are, who's the other team in the Super Bowl. Nice. Okay. Yo, so I, I knew that. The Bengals Rams. I, I, I know the Rams. Matthew Stafford is their quarterback. Okay. Cool, okay. cool, cool, cool. He played for the Detroit Lions mm. for 12 seasons. Wow. And never made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's the This Lions. is his first year in it. Joey, do you know what that means, though? They, the Lion <laughs> had to move. Mm. Mm. The Lion had to just move a little bit. <laughs> the Lion had to go to Los Angeles. Man, this is just too easy. We need to be real prophets. The Lion went to Los Angeles. So and he is now on the big stage. Revival is on the way because the Lion mm. is moving to Los Angeles. Hey! I believe it. So Revival's hitting LA. I, I see that. Now, now the <laughs> when when, when <laughs> this, is, this is the dumbest thing we've ever done. <laughs> so so you can you can look at players you can look at names yep. and cities uh the kansas city chiefs was the funniest one that i ever saw because of the prophetic chieftains right or whatever but chiefs, now just chiefs well I, i'm talking about the prophetic post that i saw it oh. was calling forth all of the prophetic chiefs okay, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. of 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 america it was, yeah the other thing they look at is the halftime show yes which is always demonic exactly usually the it's a very uplifting and encouraging prophecy when you just look at the teams because it's about revival coming yeah yeah but then when we look at the halftime show it's a total it's a complete tonal shift right we're now uh -uh, actually dark days ahead because look at the evil and the satanic revelry put out on stage in front of the whole world you know i mean i remember the one year that they had um like j-lo and shakira uh, shakira yep and they were dancing and you know 
dancing as they do. Also, it tends and to they, be people of color whenever it's a demonic halftime show. Yeah. When, when the Who was doing the halftime show, it wasn't a problem. Oh, no one had an issue with Paul McCartney. No. But, yeah, no, when, 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 when what's his name? The, the guy, I, I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Uh, the weekend. Well, yeah, when he's out there and they're all wearing those masks, which is a really cool show in my opinion. That was, that was the culmination of an entire, like, series that he was doing. Yeah, yeah, no, it, 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 I understood, like, he had facial uh, surgery done. Yeah. Like, and so he was referencing that, and it, it, it had a whole message to it. But like all the Christians saw, who can never, who wouldn't understand anything artistic, like ever, right? <laughs> all they saw was like, oh, this is a demonic thing. Look at all these people moving together, and they're trying to cover up our prophetic identity. I literally saw one person write on Facebook a pastor that I used to like, which is really embarrassing. Oh, really embarrassing. He was making the case that all of the bandaging on the face was like a, a, a sign that the devil was trying to hide who we really are and trying to like cover up the image of God that all of us bear so that we would like look more like, I don't know, sinners. I don't know. I was like, he does know that bandages <laughs> like that happen to people every day <laughs> right? for surgical reasons. Right? I, know, I know, but but I guess seeing all of them like march or, you know, walking and dancing a unison out in the field like they did, like it just, it, it freaks them out. Christians are so easily spooked and I guess halftime shows are just a trigger for them because they, they get scared at halftime Ooh. shows. Yeah, like, like it's some really scary stuff for them, I guess. It's like people enjoying themselves, dancing, liking music I've never heard of, and a lot of them are not white. It's the scariest <laughs> freaking thing, man. Yeah. You do realize that those people were the bad guys in Footloose, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, they were the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so, as we go into Super Bowl season tomorrow. Yes. Uh, Superb Owl Sunday I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to win. But two things I do know is that prophets are going to claim revivals coming based off of the two teams. And they're going to claim that America is sinful and about to be judged by God based off the halftime show. Yes. That I can guarantee. And I, okay, so Joy, what do you think the final score is going to be of the Super Bowl? Oh, I I don't know. I mean, I think the Rams are going to win. Because the Rams used to be in St. Louis when I lived in St. Louis. Yes, they did. And then they moved to L.A., and so, I don't know. Here's a fun fact. If Matt, if Matt Stafford throws a touchdown tomorrow, he will be the first quarterback in Los Angeles Rams history to throw a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So they've been in the Super Bowl before but scored no points? Uh, they've never thrown for a touchdown. I see. As the Los Angeles Rams. I, I got you. So if you know, though, or, yeah, they were in Los Angeles, then moved to St. St. Louis, St. Louis so back. Yeah. yeah. So, but... In St. Louis, they threw for a couple touchdowns when they were in the Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But their times in the Super Bowl in Los Angeles never did. And mm-hmm. last time with Jared Goff, they did throw one when they lost to the Patriots. Let's go, baby! So so which quarterback of the two teams do you think is more likely to be uh, referred to as Jesus or used in, in some sort of Jesus-y uh, imagery by the prophets? Um, honestly, like, Neither one of them, I th- I think, really kind of have like are they're they both not, nice they guys. White? No, they're both white. Yeah. <laughs> well, then that's all they really need for the like, prophets. I can't not see Macaulay Culkin though when I look at Joe Burrow. Mm. Like he looks just like Macaulay Culkin to me. That's cool. Um, but I'm saying the Bengals are going to win. Okay. I'm saying it's going to be Bengals twenty-eight to twenty-six. So the, the the funny thing here, if we just zoom out of this for a minute, the whole idea. That that God would choose to speak to people through a sporting event, you know, like like 
I, I know that God can speak to people however he wants and in multiple different ways. Right. That's fine. But like, is why when he can speak to me directly, when he can speak to us anytime he wants, why wait <laughs> specifically for a, a, an important football game? I would even, I would even change what you're saying there. Okay. Not, why would God choose to speak to me through a football game? Mm-hmm. But why but why would God make something like revival contingent yeah. <laughs> on a specific team yeah. winning a game mm-hmm. yeah. that's really only relevant in America? Yeah, exactly. Like like do you think prophets in, in India are waking up and thinking, it's the Super Bowl today? <laughs> God is going to move. God is on the move. He's going to do something today because it's America football day. All I know is is the underground church in China. <laughs> yes. Is just they're waiting with bated breath to see if oh, they'll absolutely. be able to worship God after tomorrow. Absolutely. The missionaries in the Middle East right now, they're they're gathering people together and saying, "Okay, guys, tomorrow." Let's Bowl. let's get this YouTube TV account set up <laughs> so we can live stream the Super Bowl and watch <laughs> God a, do his thing. The culmination of all of our hard work here. <laughs> Right, it happened tomorrow at the Super Bowl, and it's like I know we're laughing about this, but like for real, like it's the dumbest. How thing. ridiculous! It, like saying it aloud, like hearing that being said, mm-hmm. does that really kind of bring perspective? Just how ridiculous that is. Well, it's proof that um, American Christians, by and large, uh, are stuck in our own world where we think that America is like it. Right. I mean, it, it just it just sheds light more on the American obsession right. that, that we critique so much um, in evangelicalism. Yeah. You know, that that because it's a big deal for America, it's a big deal for God. Right. And it's a big deal for the world because America is God's favorite place. Here's a, a song I remember singing in youth group by, by some Christian artist where one of the lyrics was literally, the United States is his favorite place in the whole entire earth. And that was literally a line in the song. That's what I'm talking about. And not only would God, is it weird that God would make revival contingent on a team winning, yeah. But it's like, it, why is he so predictable? Like, like why is God really that predictable? Where we know every year in the Super Bowl, God likes to talk to us, so like we can <laughs> Wait, we, we can set we our, can set our clocks <laughs> to God speaking. Yeah. three days before the Super. Well, Bowl. it's the same thing I thought I had about blood moons. Like yeah. when I when I was a youth pastor, my pastor loved to talk about blood moons, and and I, I kind of was into it a little bit. But then I started to think, like, wait a second, blood moons are on that's on some calendars, right? <laughs> like, are you telling me that that God waits for a calendar day to do something now, and it's that predictable? <laughs> do you think like the prophets that don't follow football like super closely got concerned this year <laughs> because they pushed the Super Bowl back a week? Oh, did they? I didn't even know. Yeah, that. so they added a week seventeen. To the schedule oh, okay. uh, of the regular season. So it pushed the Super Bowl back a week, which means I got gypped. Because <laughs> every year I used to do Super Bowl party for my birthday because it always fell on the same weekend as my birthday. And now it falls on the same weekend as my little brother's birthday. So yippee, he gets another thing that I used to have. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyways. <laughs> we need to, um, that's something we need to get into. So do you think that like the prophets were like in their prayer closets like, God, why aren't you speaking to me? It is, <laughs> it is February the third. I usually have a word about the Super Bowl by now. And you always talk to me. You always 3rd. talk to me around this time. Like I have to know what's going on. And then they look at their like they Google the Super Bowl, see who won the Super Bowl. It's like you know, it's pushed back a week. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. It's, Still got time. It's not that I've sinned. It's just that yeah. God's waiting on the Super Bowl again. <laughs> yeah, I guess God just loves football. I mean, I, he probably is still in the day of rest, right? Day seven never ended. Exactly. So he's just resting, watching football. That's why he likes to talk around the Super Bowl. 
is because he's a big fan. Of course. Yeah. He's resting and watching the game. Of course. It makes sense. In other football news, Tom Brady retired. (laughs) (laughs) This is all things football, apparently. (laughs) Oh, man. How did I get on a football podcast? Uh, One of these things is not like the other. (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe we should move on. Yeah. So, Joey, here's my question for you, though. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know if there's any prophetic words right now for this year's Super Bowl. I bet there is. Okay. But... If it does not come to pass, does that mean that we are going to be in yet another apocalypse? Probably. We've been through quite a few of those. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's something I was thinking about the other day was just, I don't know what the uh, the plural for this word is. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that the plural for apocalypse is apocalypse. <laughs> Apocalypses. 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 Uh, that's not it. <laughs> a lot of apocalypses through our through our lifetime alone yeah and and, and there's always another end of the world just around the corner yep that that certain segments of of christians basically fall for every time and uh i think it's just important to uh, congratulate everyone watching this for how many end of the world scenarios we have survived together like, yeah. like hats off to all of us. We have survived so many apocalypses. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. <laughs> we've, we've so many apocalypses yeah. that have gone past, and we have we made it. I mean, there was the time that people were convinced that the world's going to end because of barcodes. Yes, barcodes were the mark of the beast. Yep. Social security cards were the mark of the beast. Correct. The chips that they put in. Debit cards. Right. Mark of the Beast. I mean, you know, I remember I, re- I, I remember being at a Bible study when I was like, ugh, I don't know, 13, and I went along with my family to a home Bible study, and the guy got up and distributed among everyone, including the children, printouts of an article detailing a new technology where they would implant microchips into like the shoulder area of pets so that if your pet runs away and is found by someone, they can scan the chip and get all of his information and call you and save the animal's life. And he distributed that out as proof that the mark of the beast is on its way. That's nice. Because IDing your pet so that they don't get kidnapped or run away (laughs) is a precursor, a very crucial step in God's end time plan. Like he has this whole calendar of how the end of the world is going to happen. And like he had it right there, you know, a Tuesday in January in 2005. If we mess this up, our entire second coming window is just blown. Shot. We've we've missed it completely. It's completely shot. And, And we'll have to start over from square one on a new planet. Cannot miss getting those <laughs> chips in those doggies. Exactly. It, it's just, is that really what, when, when you take each one of these events that we put so much importance on and separate it for a minute, it's like, you realize how dumb that sounds? Yeah. It's like, the Super Bowl is not that important. Joey, and, speaking of apocalypses. Yes. Okay? Uh-huh. And there being pivotal moments in time <laughs> yeah. that need to happen for the apocalypse to happen. Yes. How many of those pivotal moments do you think I have lived through? Since being born in 1993. Okay, so if we're not just counting Christian ones. No, so we'll do all of them. Like, the, the ones that would make it onto a Wikipedia page. Okay, okay. So, like, counting, like, the Mayan calendar one and, and big ones like that. Yep. Y2K. Um, I'd have to say t- an honest guess would be 20. Uh, no. 
Okay, what? Up. <laughs> 30. Uh, no. <laughs> Further. What do we got? Uh, we've got 53 <laughs> since that, 1993. You see what I'm saying here? That This is worth celebrating. We are survivors. I have made it through more apocalypses than years I've been on Earth. Yeah. It's impressive. It really is. I mean, that that's an apocalypse for every day of the year or week of the Listen, year. Listen, not day. in the world <laughs> week of the year. Of the great bard, yeah. I'm a survivor. Yes. I ain't going to give up. <laughs> I'm a survivor. Keep on surviving. I, I feel like, you know, if you've deconstructed your faith and you used to be in that rapture world like like I was, just just sit back for, for a little bit today and, and think Give about, yourself some credit Yeah, how much stuff you got through. You got through it. You survived. And, and you made it through the other side. You're okay. We didn't get raptured. Nope. And the world didn't end. You didn't get beheaded like on uh, Thief in the Night. Right. <laughs> we made it. We did it, guys. That's crazy, though, about the number of apocalypses. It just goes to show that, like, we are prone to be terrified yeah. of, like, the end of the world. It's like a very human thing. It's not just Christians. Right. But but then Christians who are supposed to be voices of hope. Right. And, and Beacons comfort. of light. Yeah, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be, com- like, like, Holy Spirit is called the comforter in the right. Bible. And we're supposed to be homes for Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be housing him. And right. He's supposed to be using us. So we are supposed to be bringing comfort. Yeah. And yet we are jumping right in with the rest of the populace into our natural human tendency to be terrified of the end of the world. And here's the interesting thing, too, is Jesus subverted expectations. Mm-hmm. Around every corner. Yeah. You know, he shows up and the, you know, the disciples expected him to come to declare war against Rome and put Israel back on top. He's like, no, if your enemy strikes, you just give him your other cheek. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if we're ever looking as Christians, if we're ever looking at everyone else and they're predicting the end of the world for it to be fire and flame and war and genocide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we're like, yeah, but God. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We should probably take a step back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't you think we're just kind of like reading the Bible wrong? It's like, it's not meant to be read that way. No, no. And like all of these, you know, decoding revelations yeah. and the hidden code in Revelation. Yeah. It's like, no, there's no hidden code there. Mm-hmm. It is the Jesus being revealed. Yeah. That is all that it is. And so if your decoding revelation does not show people the real Jesus, mm-hmm. That he already showed us in the Gospels, yeah. Then you're not reading it correctly. Exactly, it, John the Revelator is not Nostradamus. Okay, you're not reading is this thing that needs to be uncoded to find a hidden whatever. Right. <laughs> you're not reading the Da Vinci Code. No. I mean, it's it's the Bible, and and all the only code if you want to call it that, in Revelation, is the fact that he used imagery to talk about Rome. Yeah. The only code that there is is he wanted to talk about someone while they were in the room without them knowing. Yeah. So 666 is a gematria code that leads to Nero Caesar. Right. And and like the the whore, the great whore of Babylon represents Roma, the goddess of Rome. And so I mean it all represents Rome, which we can apply right. to representing modern day empires. Yeah. You know, if if anyone happened to live their whole life in like a modern day empire that was, I don't know, worshipped by people who thought for some reason that it was God's chosen nation. Right. But that would never happen. That would right? never happen. <laughs> never. But that's why Revelation is important to us. Uh, and not because it's a secret code for, for when God's going to come back after he made sure to create the pet chips yeah. and, and win the Super Bowl a few times just to make sure to set the groundwork right. so that he can come back on this specific day. That's dumb. And, and it's not what Revelation's about. Imagine like, 
<laughs> Picture with me, if you will, Joey. Okay. Tomorrow <laughs> at six o'clock. <laughs> the biggest bowl of guacamole you've ever seen. The best, creamiest queso you've ever tasted in the throne room of God. <laughs> Well, they, with the biggest screen TV <laughs> on the face of the universe. Yeah. And God's just up there eating his chicken wings and his chips and guac, watching the big game. Yes. And the angels are standing at the door. <laughs> and they're like, can we go? Can we bring revival yet, God? He's like, wait, wait. It's not over yet. And he's sitting there with bated breath, just leaned up in his chair. And then I don't know who's supposed to win. Let's say the Bengals are supposed to win. Yeah. And then the Rams throw a last-minute touchdown, and God just flips his chips over and says, guys, cancel the revival. We'll try again the next Ra- year. <laughs> the Rams won, and I will not be a liar. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, it's And then he storms off. Yeah, storms off. Oh, man, the football fan God can't. And then Satan's down in, like, hell, like, yeah, go Bengals. <laughs> go get them, boys. But it's the dumbest thing that people think that the Bible is is, is meant to be like a, a a hidden treasure map. Yeah, when it, it's not. No, it is the story of God, yes. and the story of man figuring out who God is. Right, and and coming back to God. Right, it's not the story of of how the whole planet ends. Right, I know that we love to simplify the Bible into you know basic instruction before leaving Earth. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's not what the Bible is. Not at all. It's like it is. The Bible is not a rule book mm-hmm. on how to live, you know, so that way you can make sure that you make it in the rapture. Yeah. It's not a basic instruction. Mm-hmm. It is a beautifully written piece of literature that guides us through the life of humanity mm-hmm. and then the life of Jesus and then how humanity can look more like Jesus. Exactly. For here, mm-hmm. for the earth, not in spite of it. For the earth. Yeah, it's neither basic instructions, and it's also not about leaving the earth. Right. It's neither of those things. Right. I mean, it's commonly, like, at least in in my circles of, of like, people that I talk to, you know, pastors or or theologians that I've read— It's I understand that a lot of the people who lived in the time of of the Bible did not even, like, envision— going to heaven when they die. Right. They envisioned the resurrection. Right. Where they would they, still be on earth. Yeah. They're like, we're going to die one day, mm-hmm. but eventually Jesus will come back. Yeah. And then we will be raised in the resurrection, and then we will be on earth yeah. in the new Jerusalem. Exactly. They didn't conceptualize heaven the way we do. Right. You know, where it's like a place high up in the sky, and you leave your body and go. I mean, just think about it. In your lifetime, When you, okay, think about any kid uh, you know, from the time that he's born to the time that he's like an adult, yeah. 18 uh, or 21, whichever. Let's say, how many times do you think they have seen on different shows, different mediums, mediums, like that imagery of someone's spirit, like leaving their body and going up? Oh, all the Yeah, but hundreds yet, of times. From what my understanding of reading the Bible when it talks about the resurrection, they seem to not have thought of it that way. They thought no. of it as your body doesn't go up, it goes down yeah. to to the grave. Not to be tormented, but just to sit. Yeah, just to just hang out. <laughs> Until Jesus comes back, and then everyone is raised to live on earth. Not it's almost like, now go with me here, Joey. I know this is wild, <laughs> but it's almost like Jesus was giving us a blueprint 
for what we are going to look like now that he has done the work to defeat death. Mm-hmm. When you die, you will go into the grave, yes, but the grave will no longer have its victory, for when I return, you shall be resurrected with me as well, as I have been resurrected. Yeah. Yeah, it, it lines up perfectly with with, with his uh, it's almost like, story there. It's almost like Jesus was showing us. Yeah. What it means to be a human. Yeah, totally. He was showing what humanity's supposed to be, and all we're thinking about is getting off this wonderful planet he made for us. Yeah. It's like first we trash it, and we do nothing to, to make it better. Cause, right. Because, you know, like climate change is a myth, and you know, like <laughs> caring about the environment, that's too liberal. So we're going to trash right. this place, and then we're going to leave it. It's like, God made it for you, man. Yeah. He's the creator. Show him some respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some gratitude, maybe. I don't know. But, okay, I will say there obviously is some imagery in the Bible of people going up. I mean, you have when Paul talks about the second coming of Christ, he says we'll meet him in the clouds. Right. So, obviously, there is imagery there of going up to the clouds. Sure. The problem is that we completely miss the what Paul was referring to. Right. He was referring to a Roman custom called parousia. Um, where they leave the town to welcome the returning uh, emperor or Caesar and then welcome him back in to town by walking back with him. So he was saying when Jesus comes back, he was using that imagery saying, we're going to rise up and meet him and then escort him back to earth where we will all stay. Now, is that literal or was he just using a common, you know, understood thing to essentially show that Jesus is the true ruler and not Rome. Right. I'm not sure. And even... It could be literal. Even if it is literal. Mm-hmm. I will posit this. Not every single person in the town would go out and meet the king. Yeah. But the king didn't murder the ones that didn't go to meet him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, even if it is a literal, you know, all the Christians will be raised up into the sky, mm-hmm. we will be going to celebrate Jesus back into the city... As the returning king for everybody. Yes. Regardless of belief. Yeah. Because, the again, the king didn't go in and say, okay, you weren't at the gate whenever I came back. You weren't there, so you're all going to have your throat slit. Yeah. Oh, what's that? You were at home because you were sick. You Too, too bad. bad. Not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Should have had hate. Should have had faith to be healed. So, yeah, exactly. Um, bye. Yeah, that's not how it's going to happen. And, and also, like, I'm very open to the idea of this not being a literal thing that will happen. Oh, yeah. I'm, let me clarify. I do think I do believe in the second coming of Jesus. I'm just saying this event of us meeting him in this in the clouds. Correct. Because it's it's Paul does this all the time. It's why I know people who deconstruct their faith have issues with certain things Paul says, and that is an episode we should get into. Yeah. Because I I don't I'm not part of the crowd that wants to like throw out Paul's books or something like that. I'm you know, and we can get into that because it's an interesting discussion. Yeah. I think. But Paul all the time would take things that are known to to people who live under the empire of Rome right and then assign it to give it to Jesus and show that Jesus is the true lord of all even right. the phrase the phrases like lord of all were used for caesar yes. even son of god right. was used as a title for caesar kingdom of heaven yeah so when so all throughout paul's writings uh when when he's when some of the ways that he describes Jesus, he's he's just basically trying to make the statement that Rome is not really in charge here. Rome is not God. Right. Caesar is not God. There is a kingdom above this kingdom, and and Rome will bow to it. He's right. extremely political. Yeah. And, and so when he talks about this Perusia, we're going to meet him in the clouds. I think he's just doing that again. Yeah. He's saying like, oh, you you know, people love to welcome the Caesar, and well, we're going to welcome God. And I don't know if it's literally going to take place like that 
Right. But either way, it's a powerful uh, scripture and a powerful way to remind ourselves that... Very beautiful imagery of what it is going to be like when Jesus returns. Exactly. It will be a celebratory thing. Yes, because... Because the king... The king isn't coming back to the town with war. Yeah. The king is coming back having already won the war. Yes, he's coming back victorious. He's not coming to initiate a war on the town. Yeah. (laughs) He's not coming back to initiate war on his own country. Yeah. He's coming back to say, hey, I've won the war for every single one of you. Yeah, so celebrate. All of you can be know that you are safe. Let's celebrate because I have gone and defeated every single enemy, mm-hmm. and the war is over. I have returned. It's time to celebrate. And that is what Jesus is coming to do. He's not coming to start a war against people that don't believe the same way yes. as you. Yes. He's coming to celebrate that every enemy that humanity has ever had has been defeated in me and it is now time for me to reign. Absolutely. You know, a lot of Christians believe that when Jesus returns, he will return onto the same spot where he did the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And and I'm not entirely sure where they get that idea from, if it's scriptural or if it's just a traditional belief. Sure. I'm not totally sure about that, but I do know that a lot believe that way. So the audacity to assume that Jesus would return with war to the same exact spot where he preached against violence and war and death. Yeah. It's like you last time you were standing there, Jesus, you were telling love us your neighbor. to love Turn each other. the other cheek. <laughs> yeah. Do all of this to those who want to do harm against you. Bye. <laughs> Comes back. <laughs> Jesus, you're back. Yeah, I'm here to slice <laughs> Yeah, and I brought an army with me. It's just it, it, it's so backwards. And that's when people say, "Oh, well, he's the lion." And the lamb. He's always been the he, lion and the lamb. Yeah. He, he, they say, th- oh, well, first time you came, he came as the lamb. But the second time, he's coming back as a lion. Like, th- that's not how any of this works. No. The lion does not turn into a lamb when it gets angry. That then turns back into a lion. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't worship, uh, despite what you may have been led to believe as a child, we do not worship a god with multiple personality disorder. No. Where one minute, he's a, he's a timid little lamb who likes to, to say sweet things to you, and then the next moment, he's this angry lion who's going to bite your head off. Also, I thought you people were against evolution. <laughs> Thank you. Lambs can't be turning into lions. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's demonic, guys. That's demonic. <laughs> um, the imagery there is not saying that God is like both a lion and a lamb at once, and that he can be both personality traits. That's right. not what it's saying. It's saying that God is peace. So much peace that even enemies can come together. Right. That even instead of, of, of the lion devouring the lamb, he's going to be at peace and happy and they're going to be able to, to sit together. It, it's a message of the peace of Jesus that passes all understanding. Right. It's not saying, well, you can if you don't like him at his lion, you don't deserve him at his lamb because he, <laughs> he's going to be both. It's, it's not what it's saying. It, why do we want God to be so violent? Because we are. Like, humans are violent, okay? Like, that's just what we do. Yeah. Like, we enjoy being violent. We enjoy imposing our will onto other people because we either, A, believe, we you know, think we know what's best, mm-hmm. or B, just want our preferences to be fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. And that is so antithetical to, or that is so anti what jesus preaches on jesus is very much prefer your brother yeah i mean that's why you know in in the bible you know lord what if this woman causes us to you know to lust after cut out your eye Mm -hmm. but she did it okay that's fine you cut out your eye (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. Well, what if you know? What if our hand causes us to sin? Chop it off. Mm-hmm. But what? But she, you chop off your hand. Yeah. Because you are called to prefer one another. How do you love God? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. The yep. gate is wide that leads to destruction. The gate salvation is narrow. Yeah. And that comes right after he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. That is the gate. Yeah. Is loving each other. And so the that's problem, the whole point of this. That's the whole point is the problem that we have as humans is we don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. And that is why Jesus spoke about it more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. More than anything else, Jesus is preaching to serve others. Yeah. Do unto others what you want done unto you. Mm-hmm. It is not like, I think that's what we miss about Jesus, is Jesus's messages in so many occasions pointed back to care for other people. Mm-hmm. Because that was the thing that he was trying to get across the most. Yeah. Because that is our biggest problem as humans that we then projected onto God mm-hmm. because that's what we do as humans. Yeah. We, we take this higher power of God and say, he wants the same things that I want and I want what I want. Mm-hmm. And so therefore I'm going to say that God wants what I want and I will kill you to get what I want because God said I could have. It. Oh yeah. Cause God likes all the same things that you like. Right. His favorite nation is the one you happen to have been born into. Lucky right. you, his favorite skin color is yours. Yeah. I and, mean, it, it's, it's, we make God into just being our biggest fan, apparently. Yeah, imagine, imagine being Israel in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we're God's chosen people. Yeah. Of course you are. You're the one writing the Bible. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, yeah. God wants us to go kill all of those people because we're his chosen people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course you would think that. I bet they're thinking the same thing about their gods. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And like literally <laughs> in 2021, well, God wants us to go bomb that country. Mm-hmm. Well, of course you think he wants you to do that because you want to do that. Absolutely. And that's why Paul is like, there's no more Jew or Gentile. Yeah. It's like in today's terms, there is no more Christian or Muslim. Mm-hmm. We are one in Christ. Yeah. But, Period. But, but people will never accept that fully. Because we'd rather be tribalistic. Yeah. If you really try to say that everyone is one, then then I have to look at these other people as equal to me, and I don't want to do that. I'd right. rather look at them as below me. Right. So so we we would we prefer tribalism. That's why I get so annoyed when people you know moan about how divisive politics is right now, or about how social media is separating everybody more than ever. All of that's true, and yeah. it's not good. But like. A lot of you like that. Yeah. A lot of you actually want that. We want to be divisive and tribalistic because we like to, to feel as if we are superior it's to other groups. It is so much easier mm-hmm. to, to be tribalistic. It is so much easier to only care for those people that you know think, act, and believe the exact same way mm-hmm. that you do. Yeah. But whenever you extend that out to say, no, I have to love everybody. Yeah. Like I love myself. <laughs> it becomes very hard because what do you say to the single mom? Yeah. You know, what do you say to the single Buddhist mom mm-hmm. that does not believe at all the same way that you do, that does not have the same convictions or standards that you have, or, you know, has it such a different life mm-hmm. that she has lived than you, but she's also not interested in changing her lifestyle. 
because she's happy with herself. She's fine with herself. Yeah. You aren't called to make her a Christian. You are called to love her. Exactly. We're not called to, like, we, like we've said before, we're not told to, you know, um, hate the sin, love the sinner. We're told to love our neighbor. Right. Love everyone. And that's it. I, 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 it's so depressing when you stop and think about how misused Jesus is these days. Yeah. Um, because Jesus tells us to fear not, and we are scaring everybody about the rapture and end times. Yes. Jesus showed radical love for the people by serving them, even washing his disciples' feet, and yet we still want power structures where other people constantly are serving us and are beneath us. Yeah. You know, Jesus showed radical inclusiveness, inviting all people from different walks of life to his table, and yet we freak out when we suggest loving Muslims. Right. I mean, it, it's incredible how how we have so missed the messaging of Jesus where even when he says all that he said about peace and about loving your neighbor and, and turning the other cheek, we still are convinced that he's coming with a machine gun yeah, and with a whole army. It's just, it's, it's incredibly sad and it just shows how American Christians a lot of the time, and even if they don't realize it, a lot of the times we are worshiping a God that we have created. Right. We're not worshiping Jesus anymore. If we were worshiping Jesus, we really were worshiping Jesus, things would look a lot different. But instead, we're worshiping a God we created that is just a mascot for America. Right. Because, you know, all these horrible things that a nation can do is so much easier when they are able to convince the public that it's what God wants. Yeah. It was so much easier to, to you know, be horrible to Native Americans and to black right. people when we when people believed that it was God's blessing on Manifest it. Manifest destiny, baby. Yeah, that God wanted to do that. So once you can convince people that God's on our side and he's in favor of whatever we're doing, yep. people can do horrible things. Oh, yeah. And it's things that are completely separate from Jesus. And now years and decades later, you know, it's like this doesn't even look like Jesus anymore. Right. It's just, it's sad. Yeah. So, Joey, where do we go from here, though? Well, I think, um, where do we go from here? Um, it's a good question. I think one thing to remember when, when talking about apocalypses. Apocalypti? Apocalypti. Apocalypti? Is that um, the word does not actually mean end of the world, uh, as people think it does. You heard it here first. Yeah, I know it does, like, in a lot of movies and, and video games and whatnot, but in, in the Bible, the word, apo- in the Bible, I don't know why I always so, sound so Bible. southern. <laughs> why do I sound so southern when I say Bible? Oh, swear to God, in the Bible. In the Bible. <laughs> anyway. I've realized um, <laughs> on that kind of same note, I I don't say the word pastor very well just in normal speak what do you say i usually say pasture pasture and it drives me insane like <laughs> like every time i go back and listen to our podcast i say the word pastor without <laughs> thinking about it it's always like yeah pasture and i'm like well ah, i've been talking to you on the show for how many hours and i've never noticed so oh great but anyway um in the bible uh, apocalypse isn't meant to invoke imagery of the end of the world right it's a word that just means revealing. The right. re- and, and in the case of, of Revelation, it's the revealing of Jesus. Right. Not the end of the world master plan of Jesus. Sorry. Just, huh? <laughs> sorry, everybody. Yeah, sorry everyone who wanted something more dramatic. But it's not the end of the world master plan of Jesus. It's just the revelation of who Jesus is. And who Jesus is is love and peace and, 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 and joy and inclusiveness for all, not war and bloodshed and death. Yep. I think people will be surprised by Jesus again. Mm-hmm. 
whenever Jesus came the first time, his disciples were constantly surprised by what he was saying and what he was doing and how he was acting and how he lived his life. Yeah. Because like I said earlier, he always subverted their expectations. Yeah. And I think, especially in the Western church, we have fallen into that same trap of wanting Jesus to look like us. And we accomplish what we want through war. Mm -hmm. And so when they look at the second coming of Jesus, the first thing their minds go to is, well, Jesus will accomplish what he wants through war. However, just like Jesus subverted the expectations of his disciples by inviting everyone to the table, Mm -hmm. by getting down in the dirt with the sinners and the destitute and the poor and the outcast, I truly believe that the revelation of Jesus is I'm going to do that exact same thing again, Mm -hmm. but this time it is going to be for the entire world. Yeah. And it's not going to end. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. And that is hope. That is hope. And that's what the church is supposed to be doing is sharing a message of hope, not end time frenzy and hysteria right. and fear. Uh, Jesus, when he returns, he's going to once again show that his kingdom is not like earthly human kingdoms right. where that are expanded through threats and through death and through war. I mean, that's how every kingdom on earth is, is expanded is yeah. either through lying and taking land that's not theirs or, or by killing people who live there. Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is not expanded that way. It's expanded through love and self-sacrifice. Right. And, and which is why, like, you even have imagery in Revelation, like the, the, his words being called a sword. Yeah. Because he doesn't do battle with an actual sword. His words are, are is, is what he uses to, to win his victory, right. essentially. And his robe is already bloodied with his own blood because he's not trying to, to cause other people to bleed. Right. His victory is from his own blood, his own suffering. Right. And so he's modeling that the way of Jesus the way that his kingdom expands is self-sacrifice and love. Yep. And and, and I, I just, you would think that that would be a message that Christians everywhere would, would love to hear. Yeah. But I have gotten all sorts of horrible feedback from people who are angry at the idea that God is not coming to kill people. It's because it's easier to control people through fear mm-hmm. than it is to lead them in love. Absolutely. It's easy to control someone when you know that what you're saying is scaring them. Yeah. It's easy. It's much harder to, and it shouldn't be, but this is just the reality of it. It's so much harder to lead people in a place of from love. Hey, look at even Jesus, you know, like Judas was in the presence of Jesus for three and a half years. And still betrayed Jesus. Yeah. Still betrayed him. And Jesus showed him nothing but love. Like, he knew it was going to happen. We are afraid of betrayal. Mm -hmm. We would much rather just grip people with fear so they don't leave us, so they'll do exactly what we want them to do, rather than just have that open hand of, I am going to do nothing but unequivocally and unconditionally love you and hold nothing back from you. And whatever you choose to do with that, you will have to live with those consequences. Yeah. Because while, yes, Jesus was crucified, Judas was so gripped by guilt of what he had done, he went and hung himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Because, because he betrayed Jesus' love. Yeah. And we are afraid of what will happen if we try to lead people through love. Mm-hmm. 
That's true. As opposed to just controlling them with fear. And I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of using fear as the way to lead people to God because it doesn't lead them to God. Exactly. If you're using fear, then it's not leading them to God. It's leading to something else. I've seen people say, well, yes, God is about love, but he will not be mocked. And and when people sin and when people go against him, you know, there there is a penalty, there is a price to pay, the wages of sin is death. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people, like we said earlier, are making a Jesus in their own image. Yeah. They're not following the real Bible Jesus. They're right. making their own Jesus who's just like them. And this is just another example. In our human understanding of justice, in our petty understanding of, of revenge or of making things right, we think of a violent reaction. We right. think of correction through violence right. and, and punishment that goes on eternally. And we think of, of, of just people getting what was coming to them. Yeah. But God's ways are above our ways. Yeah. His ways, which means his ways are better. And, and so he, he can move in ways of justice and grace that our human understanding could never really understand, could, could never grasp. Right. Because if, if we know that there's a better way to handle a situation than killing someone, then surely the God whose, whose ways are above <laughs> yeah. ours right. can come up with an even better solution right. than just chopping everyone's heads off. Right. But we, we want to think of God as really just us. Right. We, we want God to, our conceptualization of, of God is, is so much easier when we just think, oh, it's like us. You yeah. know? God's so, justice is just us. Yeah. yeah. I went there. I did it. I'm proud of it. But it's true. Like, like we're working off of human ways of doing things. Right. Human ways of understanding justice and human ways of understanding mercy or, or, or punishment. When God's ways are above that, and um, which means they're better. Yeah. And listen... We're humans. We get it. If you think for one second that I, I don't understand it or I don't, like, you know, struggle with that, I do. Like, I I want people. Like, yeah, I see something bad happen, and I'm like, man, I want them to hurt because I'm a human. Yeah. Because I am human. However, Jesus calls us to fight that in ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. To show God. And I think that is... I think that's the true picture of what Jesus was trying to show us of, yes, I'm fully human, but I'm also fully God. So even though, even though I would love to strike them back, I'm going to turn the other cheek Yeah, because I want to show you that as a human, you can turn the other cheek Mm -hmm. because God can do it. No problem. God has no problem fulfilling the law of Jesus Mm -hmm. because God is Jesus. Jesus is God. That's not a problem. Yeah. But what Jesus was doing was saying, I know it's hard to turn the other cheek. I know it's hard, you know, to not deal with the lust and whatnot. What I'm telling you is it is possible. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go take care of death. I'm going to go do all of this for you. Don't worry. I, I got that handled. You can't do that. I'm going to go do that. <laughs> what I am going to do is I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who will be closer than a brother to you to help you be more like me. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit is just another part of me. Yeah. And we neglect the Holy Spirit so often by giving into our, the broken side of our humanity. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I, I think it's important to remember the parable uh, uh, w- when we're thinking of the last days and the apocalypse. Right. There's a parable where Jesus is talking about um, workers yes. and, and he's saying, if the boss leaves, you don't know when the boss is coming back home. Right. So you need to make sure you're working because you don't want the boss coming back and to find his employees just, you know, slacking off. around. You want, he, he wants to come back and see you guys working. So make sure you're constantly working because you don't know when I'm coming back. Right. Now, there's debate, of course, of if he was talking about the end of humanity or if he was just talking about the coming destruction of Jerusalem. You know, there's right. a whole debate there. But regardless, assuming that it is about the end of the world, because that's where people like Pat Robertson and John Hagee take it. Right. So assuming it is, uh, he doesn't say... You know, when I come back, I want you guys to be able to tell me that you got the date right. You guessed correctly. Right. You know, he he's not going to come back and s- just find us saying, aha, it was today and we knew it. Yeah. We, we calculated the date based off of when you made the pet chips and then we knew all the Super Bowl victories and we figured it out. It, it, he doesn't want to come back to that. He wants to come back to see you working. And yeah. what is the work of the church? It is spreading hope and it is caring for widows and orphans yep. and it's it's standing up for justice. That's the kind of work he wants to see us doing, not us saying, <laughs> hey, we got it right. It's today. Like, <laughs> that's That brings up such a funny image too where it's like, Imagine you're sitting around at work. And you're yeah. just like, ooh, ooh, they're putting pet chips in. Okay, we're going to plug that into our little algorithm, our little spreadsheet. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. They won the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah. Looks like the boss is going to be coming back on July 14th, 2024. So we're good till then. Perfect. So we don't so have to worry then. about, like, you know, the, the, the racial injustices that are constantly happening. Right. Don't have to do anything about that. Yeah, we know when he's coming back. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to worry about, like, people who can't pay for food yeah. or house. Right. No, no. It's, we, we know when he's here. We know when he's here. That's the work he told us to do. Fast forward <laughs> to July 14th, 2024. Yeah. Just sitting around. Jesus comes back. So, what are you guys doing? Oh, Nothing. We're, we're we're already done. Oh, so you took care of everybody? No. So nobody went hungry. No. So you visited people in prison. Why would we? We figured out when you were coming back. We did the work to figure out when you were coming back. Yeah. And then just the face bomb. Yeah. Do, do, do of, that is nowhere near what I was asking you to do. We misunderstood. Where did you get that from? Yeah. And then, and then like you hear that. I misunderstood the assignment song. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I was just copying him. I don't know. John Haggy led me astray. It's okay? like, so what you mean to tell me is that widows and orphans weren't taken care of. You know, <laughs> the broken and destitute and poor weren't cared for <laughs> because you thought you wanted me. You thought the work I was asking you to do was guessing when I would come back. Prophetically. Plug that into your actual job. Okay. Mm-hmm. Joey, imagine you're sitting at your desk doing nothing. <laughs> doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. And then your boss logs on and he's like, hey, what have you gotten done today? Well, I need... Oh, perfect. I knew you are going to be back now. Okay, so what did you do today? Oh, I guess when you would be back. <laughs> you would be fired. <laughs> yeah. That, it'd for be over. not doing your job. It'd be over. So I guess the takeaway from this whole conversation is just that, like... I imagine someone who just started deconstructing their faith. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what do I need to know? And it's like, okay, first things first, 
There is the end of the world's not coming. Okay, the right. apocalypse that you've been telling about—it's actually just the revelation of Jesus, and he's being revealed as loving and not warful. Yes. So he's not coming to kill you. Okay, that's the first thing. <laughs> Yes. And that's what that's what today was all about. Just uh, we we need to stop acting like God is coming to kill everybody. We need to stop trying to predict his war days and when they're going to start. And realize it's not working. Yeah, it's, stop. It's not working. Look, look okay. <laughs> look at me, right in my eyes. Look at me. If you are a person that is watching this ironically to think that you're going to prove us wrong. If you are trying to guess when the end of the world is, stop. (laughs) 53 times since I have been alive, the world has supposedly supposed to end. Mm -hmm. 53 times the world should be over. Stop guessing. And... You're not, it's, it's wrong. And and not only is it wrong to guess, but for crying out loud. There's no point. There's, God is not a warlord. He's no. not coming to kill everybody. It's like, good news, guys. Jesus doesn't want to kill you. And people get so mad at me for that. But it, 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 <laughs> it's ridiculous. So so that's kind of what, what the takeaway here is. Is that Jesus isn't coming to kill you. He loves you. And that the church is supposed to be sharing love and hope and caring for people. Yes. Not... not busting out charts to predict the end of the world. Yeah. So God loves you. Jesus loves you. He always has always will. And that's the end of the world. (laughs) You know, like that will be the, the end of the world is not you dying. The end of the world is the end of oppressive empires, suppressing people. Because that's what God wants. Yes, exactly. The end of the world is all wrongs being made right. Right. The end of the world is the end of abusive worldly powers mm-hmm. having control over humanity. Yeah. That's the end of the world. Exactly. The whole, the, the fact that this has been turned into something scary and dreadful when really the revelation of Jesus should be joyous is a joyful thing where, where he makes all wrong things right and where oppressive empires bow to the kingdom that spreads through love rather than through death. Yep. That's all good. And yet yeah. somehow he turned it into this, you something know, thing, not good. Some, something to make horror movies off of. Right now. Yes. Like America We'll have to bow to, to Jesus, you know? I mean, empires of the world and the way that we do things will bow to Jesus. But that is not like when the Bible says, um, when the Bible says, you know, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess, that is not the imagery of a conquered enemy being scared and forced to say, okay, yes, I confess you're Jesus, right. and then get thrown into their death, <laughs> you know, like, like, okay, you have to say it now. And then they'd say, that's not what that is. Right. That verse is saying that people will gladly and joyfully confess. And it right. says all. Every knee will bow. America will bow. But it will also confess that that, God, that Jesus is Lord. That is the revelation of Jesus. So John Hagee can put his charts away now. Yeah. Calm down. It's okay. <laughs> Everything will be fine. And while you're calming down, click the subscribe button down below. Like the video. <laughs> Share it with a friend. Uh, if you, again, yeah. Just if you got this far, hopefully you enjoyed the conversation or you think we're heretics. Either way, subscribe to the channel. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) if you love our content, great. If you think we're heretics, go back and watch every video that we have at least (laughs) 10 times and let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Um, 
Share it with some friends. Share it. Uh, if you are not one of our patrons, patreon.com slash all things reconsidered, consider uh, signing up. I love our Discord channel. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I check it every day. We share some dope memes that I then steal and send to other friends. <laughs> um, uh, we actually just opened up a new music channel where we're sharing uh, what we're listening to, yeah. which is pretty cool. I've gotten some cool music recommendations in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just an all-around fun time in the old Discord. Yeah. Um, if you are not already go follow us on tiktok for shorter form videos starring the joseph treeb over here yeah um, it's a fun time go check out our instagram and uh that's about it that's about it we will see you guys next week and uh, next week you actually will not see joey oh that's right yeah next yeah. week i'm taking the episode off because brandon is doing a special for uh the end of black history month yep uh, so Brandon is going to be having a conversation with his dad. With my papa. And they're going to get into some interesting stories, I'm sure. It's going to be a fantastic yes. conversation. Uh, so he and his if dad. If you don't know, I am biracial and my dad is African-American. And he was a cop and a veteran, uh, serves in the church. Um, my uncle was actually the first black teacher um, in one of the counties in Connecticut. Um, was a big... I think he was actually a chapter president of the NAACP up there. Wow. Um, so a lot of my grandma uh, actually did stuff with um, this original civil rights movement. Wow. And so he has a lot of stories that we'll get into about being black in America, being black on the police force, being black in the military, being black in the church. Yeah. Um, and then also just kind of my perspective on things being someone who's biracial but more definitely more white looking mm-hmm. um so excited to get in that conversation with old spence i am excited it's gonna be a great episode i can't wait to watch it yeah um but guys look out for that and we will see you next time bye